Right about now, we're going to go into an interview. Rocking up groove into the massive art crew for real. Hello. Good evening, DJ Fresh. I misrepresent. Thanks for joining us on Inspiration FM. How you doing? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Okay, so you've been busy at the moment. Very, very, very busy. It's absolutely crazy at the moment, the amount of stuff going on, not just with me, but with uh, Brady Chaos and <clears throat> DJing. Really, really busy. Like next week, I think I've got six gigs and then I think six the week after, including two in America. So just kind of quite mad finding time to get in the studio and you know try and uh, and, and do these gigs and stuff as well. But it's great. I'm really really sort of excited about um, you know excitement around the, the music that I've been doing. It's, it's really um, it's a great feeling. It's really cool. That's good. Well, thank you, and we're honoured to have you on the show. And obviously, it's brilliant you've given up your time this evening. So thank you very much on behalf of everyone that's listening out there. Okay, we've got loads of questions from people that want to ask you things. Obviously, I've been posted up on Facebook. Chris Rawlins wants to know how fresh are you? Fresher than fresh. <laughs> Dan MC uh. Stanley wants to know whether you prefer Dex or CDJs. At the moment, neither. I've actually just <coughs> literally today got my hands on a new controller by Tractor called the S4. Okay. Which is absolutely disgusting in a good way um, and I've, I've been using Tractor for quite a while with like vinyl to control it but been using a lot of effects and cues and hot points and loops and stuff like that so this kind of level of controller, controller and the software lets you kind of do a lot more um, when you know when you're DJing so it's not it's not even really DJing it's more kind of you know it gives you kind of the opportunity to do things with your tracks that you know like maybe dropping a vocal over over a track and then taking the beat out of a track on a different fader and then adding a beat for another track and so I'm kind of really all about that I'm obviously much more of a geeky kind of producery kind of person really than a DJ anyway I've never, I was never really um, a sort of like hardcore DJ head that wanted to be a DJ so for me DJing is really about having the opportunity to to play my own music and, and you know music by people that I'm working with and, and just just basically create like a set that's entertaining and, and try and get everyone to have a good time but I'm not really like a traditional old school DJ in that sense. Awesome, so this thing that you're using, can you just say that again for all the people who are listening because I didn't even ca- quite catch that. Tractor Control S4. So what is it, is it like a handheld module or is it like what you'd use plugged into a laptop? It's basically about the size of a 1210, a little bit bigger, and it's got two decks on it that let you scratch and, and you know, queue up and mix mix stuff normally. But it's also got um, like eight sample decks, so you can load up samples, you can you can loop stuff on the fly, you can use effects, filters, all kinds of crazy stuff. So I'm really excited about that. I mean, I've been using that kind of software in that way for a while but it's just that this kind of controller is going to give me a lot more um, room to be a lot more creative when I'm out which is which is really exciting. Okay, have you used the new touchscreen decks yet? Have you seen those? Have you used them? Yeah, they look really cool. I was kind of, I was quite excited about that but I'd already got into the computer thing and you know for me it's like I, I love like 
I'm such a geek with stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm always kind of reading about new, new like, sequence of software for the studio and new stuff that's playing. And I love to kind of be, be up front with technology. And that was one of the things I loved about drum and bass. It's actually quite weird the way that there's still a few of the old school guys in drum and bass still a little bit anti some of the new technology but the funny thing is that it's been used in house music now for years people have been using all kinds of crazy computer software to mix um, and drum and bass to me was always the thing that was exciting about it was that it was at the forefront of technology and it was futuristic so I want to keep it that way Going through another few questions, obviously talking about the music and the production and obviously being in the studio, what are you using in your studio setup at the moment? At the moment, um, Ableton is my main um, main piece of kit um, and obviously tons of plugins and uh, got a little thing called a, called a machine by Native Instruments, it's a really cool um, drum programming kind of uh, controller thing. Um, and I've got like a dope for A100 um, four unit analog modular synth that, that is great for making really heavy sounding jungle bee lines. <laughs> what monitors you got in this studio? Mackie HR84s and um, Yamaha NS5s, which are a new version of the classic NS10 studio monitor that is in pretty much every major kind of recording studio in, in the world. I mean, they're actually really, really cheap as well, which is quite nice. Um, but so I kind of use the small ones for testing things to see how they might sound on the radio or stuff like that. And then I use the big ones kind of to, usually at full volume, <laughs> to kind of feel like I'm in a club. When you've made tracks and obviously you're playing them out, obviously, and you're on a large system, and do you use that to get a true reflection of a sound of a tune, or do you still obviously just go off what your Mac, what your Mac is, or what your studio monitors are because you know their sound, or what, what, do you test it out on other things as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is with um, studio situations, really, really important that you know that the sound in your studio is is like what what you would say, you know, neutral. So that then whatever system you play on, you're then only limited by by that system because every system's going to have, you know, some, some systems might have tons of bass in them and others will have tons of tops and others will distort, you know, and have limiters over them. So it's not really like a good judge to go to any one place and, and play something. It's always a good thing to try and play it in as many environments as possible. and. You know, put it on an iPod, listen to it on headphones, play it in the car. Just basically listen to as many places as possible. One of the great things about DJing is getting the opportunity to, to test stuff out. And uh, like, for example, I'm working on a track with Sean, the lead singer from Kashin at the moment. Okay. Working on a couple of things. And um, she, you know, we were in the studio last night talking about one of these tracks. And I've been playing it over the last few weeks. It's been getting a really good reaction and she doesn't have that so whenever we meet up i'll tell her what's going on it makes you appreciate you know how lucky you are to be able to go out there and get that instant reaction i can make a track today play it three times this weekend and then i can go back into the studio and change things if something doesn't sound right what's one of the fa what's one of your favorite tracks that you've ever made um probably the one that i'm working on at the moment but that always seems to be the case for some reason. 
you doing? You're getting most excited about it. You sit in the studio and you're like, oh yeah, this sounds bad. And then you want to play it out. Is that kind of a feeling you get when you're making your tunes? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last night with Sean, we were up till like six in the morning because we were getting so into this track, sounding so cool. And she was like dancing around the studio and talking about how she how she needs to stop, you know, doing other things to take her away from being in the studio and how happy it makes her. The funny thing is, I mean, I guess like, you know, we're, we're so fortunate to, to have this career and to, to have the demand that people want to listen to our music. You know that we have the opportunity to do what we do, but when you're when you love music as much as certainly I love it and have done since I was five, you know, five years old, and playing the piano, it's like it's the it's the best feeling. It's literally there's nothing better than the moment where you make a track and you suddenly think, wow, this is sounding great, and I can't wait to play this to people. And and then when you get feedback from people and you get people hitting you up on Twitter saying, you know, I had a really bad day today, and then I listened to. Blah, 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 and it really cheered me up. It's just such a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. Can you remember the first time one of your tunes were played on Radio 1? Uh, no, I think it probably happened. I wouldn't even probably have known about it. I mean, Groove, actually, no, to be honest, I do remember Groove Rider played one of the early Bad Company tracks. Um, I think it was Planet Dust. No, it was uh, Pulse, which we did from it. was like the third or fourth track we did together. I made with um, Jason Maldini, and um, he re- he rewound it three times on the radio and signed it to his label, and that was that was pretty exciting at the time. Um, Trevor RS wants to know what have you got on the pipeline that's going to set you apart from everybody else. So you must have something that you think you know. You're talking about futuristic drum and bass. You're at the forefront of the drum and bass scene. So what have you got in the pipeline that's going to keep you pushing? Well, <coughs> I've been playing a lot of. Um, I mean, I've been making breaks for a few years okay. and playing the odd break beat tune in my set. And recently, I made a dubstep track when I did my album, and that kind of started off. Got really good reaction to it, and enjoyed playing it out. And I kind of started getting into making tracks at, at that tempo. So I've been doing drum and bass and also stuff that's slower. Um, and what I've kind of discovered, one of the things that a lot of us were talking about a few years ago was the way that drum and bass has just gradually got so fast that you kind of lose the groove, that you can't really use break beats in the same way that we used to back in the, you know, in the days when people were making the music that got me into it. So um, I'm kind of experimenting at the moment with, bringing, with doing some really heavy jungle stuff but at like 150 BPM, which I'm calling Future Jungle. And um, I'm doing an EP for for Andy C for Ram, which is like four of these tracks. Two of them are, are at jar, jar, normal drum and bass speed, and then the other two are at 150 BPM. And that's really exciting because it kind of opens up the whole the whole breakbeat thing again, and you can do edits and cool stuff at that tempo that you can't really do it, you know, at the speed that uh, that most of it's at at the moment. What's that EP called? Each jungle EP. <laughs> jungle EP. Okay. Predictably. <laughs> okay. Lewis then on Eldridge, he says he spoke to you last year and you said X Project VIP probably wouldn't see a release. About X Project VIP, can you touch on that for him? Yeah, I did it for um, for the Wipeout game, Sony's Wipeout game. Okay. Was it Electronic Arts Wipeout? But they used it for the. Um, it was like the main track they used for their like advertising campaign and stuff for the game. 
which was really cool at the time because you kind of think, you know, it's quite a heavy track, it's quite mad that they'd want to use it, but they, they asked me to do a special version of it. And whilst I was doing that, I kind of made a, a DJ playable version that I've been playing, and it's really just something that, you know, I, I have loads of stuff like that, like little VIPs and things I play on my sets that, that nobody else plays, just so that when people come out and see me, they can hear something that's not just something they've heard a million times before, you know, so that's part of the reason it's not coming out, but also it's just not really, it's not really on a, of a standard that I'd, I'd want to actually release it. Um, even though it's cool to play occasionally in, in clubs and stuff. Okay, okay. Uh, Tom Williams wants to know who are your biggest influences? Weirdly enough, well, actually, no, not weirdly enough. Um, I'd say probably originally people like Orbital, Johnny L, um, so many, man, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't really listen to music anymore, I guess, because I spend most of my time kind of listening to stuff I'm working on or listening to stuff people have sent me or stuff that I'm thinking about playing. So I don't really get a lot of time to listen to to other music and I've always kind of been more, more, I've been quite sort of like um, single-minded about music since I got into drum and bass. I've been mostly listening to drum and bass so so my influences really stem back to before I started making stuff, which was quite a while ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, even even people like The Cure and The Pixies, I was quite into indie and especially stuff that was like back in the 90s had like a kind of bright, beaty, synthy vibe to it that, that ultimately kind of became house music and jungle and da 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 so okay. lots of stuff. Awesome. Rainbow Selector is a, obviously a big fan, knows that you're all into futuristic kind of stuff. Wants to know, if you had a time machine and you could visit producers, DJs or mu- musicians for an hour, who would you go and visit and why? <laughs> Probably. The problem with that is that you'd need the time machine to find out who would be the best person to visit. <laughs> Because probably five years from now, the people that are really exciting at the moment aren't going to be the people that are exciting. So, tough to say. But I'd love to go and see um, Deadmau5 in the studio. I think he's incredible, his mixes and stuff. Okay. Um, Celerity Max, I think he's out in America. He wants to know about your collaboration with Sigma. Can you just talk to that to the people? Yeah. um, Latitude's next single off my album Crit Tonight which is out at the moment and the single's coming out November the 28th and Sigma originally um, had an acapella and a, a, a very early version of that track that we kind of got in the studio on together we, we re-recorded new vocals and added a whole I kind of went in on the beats and we added a whole new load of stuff we spent months working on it um, and it's actually the, the track that I've spent the most time on since I started making music, which is quite bizarre. Okay. Um, but it's been going down really well. It's been getting lots of radio play and people have been playing at the clubs, you know, from like Andy C to Danger to Groove Rider. So, um, yeah, it's quite exciting. And there's a video up on YouTube at the moment on MTV, The Box, stuff like that. Um, and you can check it out on on YouTube last year. It's a good video, I liked it. People jumping over tables and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of quite a crazy video. It's quite a bizarre concept. The director had this thing about doing the... I wanted to do like a parquet video because I think some of that stuff is so cool. And he was like, why don't we do it in a library? And I was like, okay, a library. 
all right. Um, so we kind of tried to work out a way of making that make sense by having a, a really hot librarian and and stuff. It's quite it's quite a mad video, but yeah, I like it. It's yeah, cool. It's good. Um, Joe Nebula, a friend of mine, he wants to know: you did a remix competition for Gold Dust. Can you do another one on his website, www.backtoyou.co.uk, for the up and coming producers out there? All strung out. Oh uh, right. Well, <clears throat> I haven't actually got the samples for that anymore. Um, but to be honest, I didn't really ministry um, did the sample competition, the remix competition. I haven't heard any of the tracks or had any kind of involvement in it at all, which is quite bizarre. But I probably wouldn't normally do something like that myself, I guess, just because sometimes I might like want to use one of the sounds again or the beat or something like that. Um, and, and I'd be kind of feeling that if I put all that stuff out there, that then I wouldn't want to use any of those elements again to be honest um so i don't normally do stuff like that but um you know I've, I've seen people talking about it online and um i don't know who's won it uh but i'd love to hear the uh the mixes that have been done i call mr croc on dra he wants to know do you think touchstream technology would ever be a popular alternative to other djing methods yeah definitely i mean the funny thing is this controller that i was talking about is another route to the same thing of giving you hands-on control over mixing. Um, and to be honest, I think it's probably better. I've actually got like a touchscreen Lima controller that I'll, pro I'll be using. I'm doing a big live show next year, uh -huh. and I'll probably use it for that. And I used it a bit when I was doing a, a sound weapon sort of Ableton show last year. And they're, they're pretty good, but... Um, the thing is, if you've got like a fader that you can grab hold of with your hands, mm. you can you can you can grab hold of it. You can leave it somewhere. The problem with the touch screen is that you, in order to move the fader, you have to push the screen and then move your finger. And if you slip, the fader moves and it messes everything up. I, I found like you were trying to like change the pitch and change. It just wasn't accurate enough for me. I struggled trying to. Move yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure about it, but I guess it's quite cool for. You know, if you're using that kind of software on a computer and you wanted to load a track up and you can just literally press, a, you know, just hit the screen or... Yeah. I think, you know, that kind of stuff's quite cool using it instead of using a mouse, but I don't know if I'd really want to use it to, to DJ. I think if they get the latency sorted out, I think that might help as well. And also the way they projected it onto the screen, I was kind of like, well, you're going to have to figure that one out because the angle of the where you're standing has to be then projected from underneath and you're going to have people standing in front of you. So, I don't know, I think the logistics of all that needs to be looked at a little bit. But Xintel wants to know, are you heading to Toronto anytime soon? It's quite a random question to be asked in England. <laughs> um, I think he's in Canada, actually. Yeah, I'm probably doing... A, I'm actually going out to LA and somewhere else in a couple of weeks and... I know that I'm supposed to be going back to the States um, probably February next year, so normally I would head out to Toronto whilst I'm in the States, so it's kind of like, it's a really, really cool place to, to go for B&B, it's quite, it's really popular over there, and it's a really, it's a cool place, cool people, and just like a cool vibe, so, so I always try and go through when I'm in the States, so probably in February. Where's your favourite place to DJ in the world? Hmm, uh, Puerto Rico. <laughs> Partly because it's like being on holiday when you're there and it's just lovely and warm and it's great. 
Um, but it's there's also a wicked drum and bass scene as well. Like they get really excited and go nuts. Rush is kind of fun like that as well. People just go crazy. Okay. Um, touching on the island, do you want to just talk about that with us? Yeah. Okay. Um, Payam came to us and asked us if we uh, wanted to release the vinyl of their new single, and we thought, why not? Okay. Um, and we kind of, to be honest, we ha- we've had a slightly rocky relationship with Pendulum over the years. Like when they wanted to leave the label and sign to a major, it was kind of quite a weird period between us. And and there was some things that were sort of said online about things that, you know, we kind of feel like we, you know, it's, it's good for us to be able to show people that even through all that stuff, that Pendulum is still up for working with us and still see us as being as being an important label to work with um, and I really like the track as well I think it's really cool it's quite commercial it's not really the kind of thing we would normally release but you know we're kind of we're, we're all about trying different things and uh, having the opportunity to be involved in something as, as big as that is, is, is a really cool thing for the label Awesome so because somebody was saying then are you going to be sending Pendulum a Christmas card this year? <laughs> i probably send them a Twitter <laughs> Okay <laughs> Okay I don't. I never send Christmas cards partly because I live in the middle of nowhere, and I seem to spend at least an hour at the post office trying to do anything. So, uh, cost a fortune. So I don't really send a lot of stuff. Buy a book of stamps, and it costs you about fifteen quid. It costs a fortune. Yeah, and, that, and that's not for me. The worst part is having to stand in a queue for an hour. Mm. And then you think, well, hang on a minute. I'll just, you know, what I'll do. I'll just email it. It will take three seconds, and I won't even have to leave the chair I'm sitting in. You could do your own DJ Fresh Moon Pig card. <laughs> anyway, um, Fires wants to know, on going to talking about Pendulum on Dogs on Acid, there was a lot of stuff that said. There's always a lot of stuff that said. The fact that you're going to kiss and make up is brilliant. Wonderful news. Um, Fires wants to know, though, um, why you've abandoned them on DOA, because you don't really go on there much more. I know you're going to say you're really busy, we all know that you secretly look at it all now and then. Are you going to be a little bit more active on there now? You know what, to be honest, I don't even really look at it that much anymore. I used to look at it a lot. Um, and I think part of the reason for that is because things like Facebook, Twitter offer like a different way of like communicating directly with lots of people at the same time. And, you know, whether it's people who are into your music or other DJs and stuff. So I think that's... That's part of it, but if I'm brutally honest, um, I just kind of felt that there was a really negative vibe developing on DOA, and it wasn't really, it wasn't just directed at me. But I did, I did get, I have had periods where I've had lots of negativity about things that everybody gets that. But it's really just that I noticed that, and that's just because it's, we always joke that it's because of the black background. But it, it seems to attract a lot of people that are really cynical and skeptical about everything. And I just kind of feel that, for me, music is a really positive thing. It's like, there's so many things in our lives that we can be skeptical and angry about. We have no choice but to be skeptical and angry about, like paying tax. You know, music is supposed to be one of the things that brightens our lives up. And I I find it difficult to be negative about music. And I also find it difficult to understand other people being negative about it. It's just not the way I am, I guess. And I noticed a lot of that. And I just kind of thought, I just don't want to be around negativity. I just want to be in the studio, be around positive people and and just be positive. (laughs) So I just, I kind of moved away from it a little bit. But it's still, I mean, it's a great community and I think it's kind of become more about 
techie kind of drum and bass now and it's a, it's a really great resource for people that are into that side of things obviously obviously I don't really play a lot of that kind of stuff so um, you know it's not a natural place really anymore for me to, to go and check that much. Do you go on there and search your name though? Do you go into the search bar and just put DJ Fresh in just to see who's talking about what, honestly? <laughs> I did quite a bit when we had the whole pendulum thing going on. <laughs> I'd go and check out what people were saying and stuff like that. But I kind of, I just don't really check it that much anymore. I guess I spend like a lot of time on Twitter. I'm like hopelessly addicted to it. What? So, I mean, I, I literally check it every few seconds. It's so bad. I actually think I need to go and see some kind of psychologist. I wonder if they've got Twitter psychologist they must be yeah anyway okay. so uh so yeah i think because of because of those new mediums as well it's it's just not it's just not something that's so easy to check i can't really check dogs on acid on my phone easily where i can sit on twitter and facebook and stuff no i know what you're saying about the whole positive thing surround yourself with good people you could be a good person surround yourself with positive vibes and it gives you a better frame of mind so obviously totally hearing you on that one so that's all good so go into your Facebook page, just let everybody know how they can find you on there. Because I put in DJ Fresh and I found some random person on there called DJ Fresh that's not DJ Fresh. There's actually a few DJ Freshes. There's a really famous one in South Africa, which is weird because my dad's South African. So anything involving South Africa always feels kind of quite close to home. And, and we've been talking a bit over Twitter recently. Um, he's been playing... Um, playing gold dust and some of my stuff on the radio out there he's quite a big dj in south africa so there's him and then there's a, there's another i think there's an american hip-hop dj also called yeah. fresh i guess it's quite it's quite a you know it's one of those names that's going to be always going to be difficult for nobody else to be using it so i'm just struggling to try and be the try try very hard to be the best one but i don't know whether i'm succeeding or not Philbo William Painter wants to know, would you rather be a squirrel or a platypus? Or a what? Platypus. What the hell is a platypus? I think they're both mammals. A squirrel, you know what a squirrel is, obviously, but a platypus... I can kind of slightly have an image of it having a big yeah. bill, but then I'm also slightly thinking that it might be a type of fish. It's a bit, I think it's a mammal that has a beak like a duck, and it, it lives like beavers in under water in dams and things <laughs> right <laughs> well i guess probably a squirrel thing i'm not a hundred percent sure what a platypus is and i do like taking risks but i think i don't want to wake up tomorrow as a platypus and realize that it was because i made the wrong decision on the phone doing an interview for a radio station <laughs> <laughs> Lee um, Techno Audio from Leicester, he wants to know where you played on Halloween. Halloween, I was in, oh man, where was I? I can, Windsor, yeah, I was playing at Liquid in Windsor, which was absolutely bizarre because it's a really super commercial club and uh, it was very odd. Like, I live, I live near Windsor and since, since I was a kid, like me and my mates have always joked about we've never been there and I was playing there on Halloween, so that was pretty nuts. Do you know Egham? Um, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, my dad's got a house there, so we used to always go to the fun fair on the big green. It was good. I like Egham, I like... Yeah, I had, a, I had a really good mate that lived in Egham, actually. used to spend a lot of time in that neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, nice place. Yeah. My housemate wants to know, Victoria, two things. First thing she wants to know is, because when we were looking on your Facebook, we couldn't really find many pictures, so will you be putting some more up? Yeah, I've actually... <coughs> I've actually just started working with uh, 
<laughs> with a manager. So hopefully now all of that kind of stuff that I'm really, really bad at. I'd also like to know if you're single or married. Oh, right. Um, yeah, no, I've got a girlfriend, yeah. Okay. Not married. You said you've got six gigs coming up in the next week. Where are they at and where are you going to? To be honest, I don't even know. I know that this weekend I've got Millennium Hall in Cardiff, SE1, which is Innocence, which is cool because Innocence is the first jungle club I went to years and years and years ago and they're just doing a revival of it at the moment. And the other one is in Bristol at Beckler. Um, and then I think I've got gigs on like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, something next week, but I haven't even looked what they are yet. Awesome. It's organised, but it's all on my uh, Facebook page, Bad Company. Thank you for joining us on Inspiration FM. Obviously, that's over half an hour of talking, and it's been brilliant listening to everything you've had to say. Thank you for your time. Pleasure. No problem. And good luck with everything you're doing. Everything I keep hearing on radio, when I hear the tune, that's the tune's on there, and it's it's awesome track. So Thanks. Because I've been a massive fan myself for years and years and years, and thank you for your time this evening. Pleasure. Thanks. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, 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 yeah
Thank you.